When you work in education leadership, you don't get off at five o'clock. Your mind is always on the clock, thinking of ways to solve problems for your students, parents, and teachers. On the Clock is your go-to podcast to learn valuable insights from education leaders across the United States. I'm your host, Todd Dallas-Lamb, former White House appointee to the U.S. Department of Education, and we are now On the Clock. Welcome back to On the Clock. I'm your host, Todd Dallas-Lamb. I am live uh, today again with uh, the conference in Washington, D.C., and a huge topic at the conference you know, over the past three or four years in my in my memory has been parental engagement. A number of companies are out there that try to move the needle on parental engagement. And my guest today is Nadia Hillman from Duarte, Duarte uh, ISD in California. Unified School District. Unified, USD. Right. My bad. It's That's been okay. too long since I've been in California. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Um, and we, we wanted to d- dive into what you guys are doing in Duarte to move the needle on, on parental engagement. I'll, I'll just give you a couple quick thoughts to get us going. I was in a, at a conference about two years ago, and somebody was speaking. I don't even remember who. And he opened up by saying, you know, short of having two loving parents in the home, you know, the next best thing, and I don't even remember, Nadia, what the hell he said was okay. the next best thing because I was so stuck on the premise of that original statement. Two loving parents in the home. And, you know, I, I then just just this week heard that uh, within just white students in America, mm-hmm. 40% of them are in a single family home. And I, you think about how hard it must be to engage uh even two parents sometimes. My wife and I had to juggle that ourselves, but when it's just a single parent, worrying about school is maybe lower on the agenda than perhaps just making money and and, and putting a roof over kids' heads. Mm-hmm. So this is really tough stuff, isn't it? It certainly is, and it is a it's a challenge that all of us in this in as educators and as leaders and as um, individuals and folks who really have their eye on. The outcomes for our youth know that the critical component is not just what we're doing in schools, but it's that 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 connection between the home and the school. And our best successes happen when what's happening at school and what the expectations of the family at home are are on the same thing, the same vision for what they want for students. We all want students to be successful. Parents want to be students successful, no matter how busy they are, no matter what their background is. But I will also question and wonder all the time about what is really parent engagement look like. From a parent's perspective, we think we know what what's parent engagement is, but from a parent's perspective, when when is it really happening? Um, we do lo- we have lots of activities. We're we're not unique in the th- the things that we do, um, including parent classes and um, student conferences and and ways to connect directly with teachers and principals and providing um, additional supports to families through our community schools initiative. There's a lots a host of different um, um, things that we have going on, but that is the critical component of of trying to define exactly what that needs to look like for a parent to feel engaged and to have an expectation that the school is doing everything that they can to support their child. I have a friend who's a superintendent. Previously, before his current 
position. He was in a, a district in New Jersey mm-hmm. where 80% of his families and students were Asian. Mm-hmm. His problem was the parents were asking for the books during the summer pre yep. prior to the school year. Mm-hmm. That's family engagement. Mm-hmm. Maybe even to some excessive pain for the superintendent and the people that have mm-hmm. to get that all together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an outlier. Um, you're in Duarte. It's in L.A. I'm guessing, uh, you know, you, I always hear um, superintendents talk about how many languages are spoken in their mm-hmm. district. I'm guessing you have... Uh, a pretty good number. We have about 30 languages spoken, yep. but I will say the predominant language for our families is is Spanish. Yep. Um, in the San Gabriel Valley where we're situated, however, um, we have a very gr- a growing population of, of different Asian um, yep. uh, families. I have worked in another district, a neighboring district that's precisely that you were talking yeah. about. It was mostly um, mostly Chinese um, families um, who really drove a lot of what was happening at the school district level right. to to a degree that um, has great outcomes for kids. Um, so those students typically are coming in the door with uh, significantly well-prepared. In fact, maybe that, that doesn't even need to be there, I would venture to say as right. well. Yep. Um, that's not to say there's no criticism there. It just is, it's a different context. But many of our schools, our school districts, especially in our urban areas, we uh, I have a population of, of families who are from low, low considered low income, a large population there, um, <clears throat> a large population of students where the English isn't spoken in the home, um, families themselves. We, we do our best efforts to make sure that all of our materials and our presentations and our um, uh, uh, provide translation yep. when we can. Um, we have um, communication methods that have changed over the last couple of years, especially related to COVID, actually for the better um, in the way that we were are now using more digital. I, I don't better is probably the wrong word to use, but different and more innovative. So using more digital means of communications. Walk me through that. But when you say digital, does that mean going to their phone directly? Yeah, it, it would. I mean, typically we would, um, you know, maybe prior to COVID uh, in the last maybe 10, you know, 20 years ago, you would be sending home flyers. Then it's email, right? Yep. And then it became the realization that everybody, for the most part, has a phone. Yep. Um, and they may not have a desktop computer at home, or they may not have a, a you know that that whole capability. But having a phone, um, and not necessarily email, but providing text away for for families to receive messages on their phone via text, um, being able to message teachers directly um, through a dedicated, through Parent Square, we, util- we utilize that as, yep. a, as a tool. Um, that has really been a, a, a tool that our parents really appreciate because there's that kind of direct connection. And you get to measure that too, don't you? You, you get an ability to see who's looking and how much time they're Absolutely. Spending. Absolutely. From by the way, as a leader from both sides, right? Not yeah. only from the families, but also from which of our educators are using it and using it more um, and for what purpose. We can see that too. I think that's, you know, as a system, that's important for us to be able to, to, to kind of see across the board that this is expected. You know, this teacher is using it. Maybe this teacher isn't. Um, let's have equity across the board for all of our students. You mentioned teachers. I mean, that really is the, the point of this, the tip of the spear with regards to how a teacher is is teaching the student but also bringing that that communication directly to that family member mm-hmm. um, that I think that's probably the best the only way really to engage a parent is through that teacher isn't it I, the, I don't it, recall ever having a superintendent send me something that, that that lit my fire but 
when it but comes when to that the, comes to that teacher, if there's an issue in some way, you can get engaged pretty quickly. Absolutely. No offense to any of us in, as, <laughs> as administrators in the district office, but the reality is messages that come from us, while while we all we we send them out, we want to connect with the community. It's important for our boards um, and for our entire community. Ultimately, it's that who is in the room with your child on any given day that who you connect with, I would venture to say that's where this parent engagement is happening. You know, so let me – you talk about engaged parents, and yet we've had a lot of controversy during COVID mm-hmm. of, of parents theoretically standing over their son's shoulder mm-hmm. and watching education and drawing some conclusions about what was being taught, mm-hmm. how it was being taught. Um, th- there's th- that's kind of the negative side of parental engagement in some capacity. It can be. Yeah. It can be. There was a lot of, I mean, boy, n- nobody wants to relive the co- COVID sure. experience, right? But you know what? We learned an awful lot. Yeah. And and we learned from things that are, are unpleasant many times. Um, although we, it sort of pushed all of us into much more of a digital space, it gave us as a, as a system, as an educational system, a window into our family's homes that we never had before. Right. And conversely, our, our parents of every parent had a window into the classroom that they may have never had. Yeah. We all know, you know, parents who have kindergartners maybe are, are invited into the classroom more frequently or maybe more involved. But boy, the older your, your child gets, there's fewer, fewer connections, right? Well, and you know, I say, like, those parents who are enraged are at least engaged, right? I mean, that's half the battle. And now we can start maybe have a conversation with parents, parents having conversations with school, school officials, and you know, that's at least got to be a first step towards engagement. And that's what's interesting about parent engagement, because we want it, yeah. right? But when do is, when is it most strong? Let me give you an example. So we um, use another tool called um, Thought Exchange, which provides, it's, it's a sort of online um, opinion sharing platform right. um, where parents can, if you ask, put a prompt out there. We use it for our LCAP and we use it for strategic strategic planning questions and those kinds of things. What are we doing well? What could we do better? People can put their ideas up there. It's totally anonymous yet public. Yep. And then everybody else can see what everybody else said. And then you get, you know, generate some some data um, analytics around it. Um, people can like it kind of like Yelp, right? Yeah. Um, the most, the highest um, uh, percentage of, of usage on that platform is always when there's a hot issue at hand. Right. Like what? Give me a couple examples, maybe. Well, certainly during COVID, yeah. right? When people were panicked, we all were, the distance learning. We were in a situation where we needed to consolidate schools because of decline enrollment, which right. we were closing a school. That generates an awful lot of opinions, right? Yep. Um, and which school it should be and, and don't close my school, understandably. But putting it out there, boy, we got a lot of concerns then. Um, if it's a, if it's a, if when things are going well or things are, and there's not a big issue on the table, that getting people even to engage in that platform, my, my usage is much lower. Right. Um, this year, particularly, it was sort of, it was interesting. It was like it dropped down. And then I thought, hmm, I think it has to do with the fact that there's no hotbed issue, that we weren't in a situation where we were where we were um, having teacher layoffs or employee layoffs, something right. like that. When there's something that's that generates a lot of emotion around it, then there's a lot more what we would call engagement. So when we say, that's why I started this whole conversation saying, what do we mean when we say engagement? Yes, we want parents to be our partners. Yep. And... 
we also have to recognize that that engagement comes with maybe some some um, thoughts or ideas or emotions that maybe a system needs to needs to hear, and it can be be difficult and challenging at times. Well, I think you um, it's really easy to get into a bubble mm-hmm. in a in a school district, right? You're you're beholden to a board, you're beholden to uh, the students, you're beholden to a notion of academic achievement, and historically we've only just praised our schools we've never criticized them and i think i think it's probably is healthy to have these parents peeking in a little bit more mm-hmm. and giving you their thoughts and and, and responding to them and holding us accountable yeah. and and there's and some communities are more vocal than others i've worked in like i said a couple of different districts some districts who are like you kind of pointed out with the the district that had families that were having all sorts of outside um instruction the kids and kids that come into my district that i was working in at the time they were coming really well prepared that's one piece of it and yep. then they're very right there they're holding you accountable and then other 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 communities there's a much more of a um, uh, there's not that that uh, that that um, level of engagement that's really pushing the needle on you as a as you will for well, a district. And, you know the the pipeline of students you have, you know, with thirty different languages, it, the uh, how, having to understand maybe even how to communicate to some groups mm-hmm. versus a different way that mm-hmm. might be more effective. That is a big, big challenge. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I know you have a hard stop that you got to get out to for the next phase of the conference. Have a a great rest of your time here in Washington, D.C. I hope you go see a museum and uh, good luck back in Duarte when you get back to school uh, this fall. Will do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. On the Clock is part of the Stratagos Podcast Network. To view the entire lineup of shows, please visit us at strategosgroup.com. See you next time.